You might not realize it, but life has a soundtrack. For most of us, it sounds a bit like... But you can always change the station. In hundreds of Delta Airlines destinations, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Welcome back, everybody. And today, we've got a good show for our listeners. We've got a couple entrepreneurial business stories, but what we have also done is we've woven in some services that we really think could be helpful to business owners that are either getting ready to sell or to buy a business. Yeah, we have two people uh, that we're interviewing, uh, Devin Miller from Devin Miller IP Law, uh, and we have Ray Skog from Rainier Business Intelligence. Both services are geared for small business. I mean, Rainier may be a little bit larger of a business, but Devin is a disruptor. He's a young, I, I, I call him a young guy. And he says he, he feels like he's getting older by the minute. But of course, mm-hmm. uh, but he has done a great job, great job of providing IP services to small businesses. And so he's been on multiple podcasts. He's a very dynamic individual. He's got a great story himself about his journey through large uh, law firms, how it doesn't work, the structure doesn't work for entrepreneurs, and how he was frustrated by that and what he did about it. So, and he's yeah, got and, some other businesses too. Yeah. And, and what I love about it too is like, look, both of these um, gentlemen that we interviewed today cover some things that are not, I would say, super sexy and exciting for business owners when they're getting ready for sale, like, you know, books and records and legal stuff. And um, Devin, with his legal services, has, has really made it approachable for the small business owner, not just for a, a cost perspective, but I, I think his overall, um, I don't want to say approach again, but his overall approach to the industry, uh, much, much more in the small business to mid-sized business world. So he's got a great story too. And then we, we're also talking to, like you said, Andy Ray from Rainier Business Intelligence. And let's talk a little bit about what they do. Yeah, well, they will come into a business. So it, the best thing that you could imagine is if you're a seller and you've been running a family business, and we see this all the time, we go into the seller's business and they have no plans, no metrics, no good books and records, and the idea of that business getting through a due diligence is just highly unlikely. And we mm-hmm. throw up our hands because that's not what we do. We can't stop what we're doing when we're doing deals to go back, dive into that business and try to come up with reports and systems and information that'll be valuable to a buyer. And that's what Ray does. 
And again, a really good story. Um, but the big takeaway from there is we, we talked about on the show multiple times, like to sell a business, you have to have good books and records, good books and records. I think we probably have 15 shows about it. Right. But if you're sitting in the position where you don't have that, or it's overwhelming for you to start, there are companies out there that can help you get to that point. Um, you don't have to throw up your hands and think your business isn't sellable or just take your chances in a due diligence process without the required reports. So I, I think, again, this is a really good service and a really good partner of ours to introduce to our listeners that you don't have to do this whole thing yourself. It's a lot of work and you have to continue to run your business. So yeah, and- we get it. Yeah, on the buy side, this would even be, you know, this is really focused toward the buyer, the buyer to get the performance reports, do the due diligence. I mean, I'm just looking at his report right now. I mean, there's no less than uh, five major reports. They'll do it for video. I mean, these guys have this system down and they just present it in several different ways for you. Uh, It's pretty incredible. Uh, the amount of information and how they manipulate it to be usable by a buyer to have metrics to understand the value in a business. Uh, I think it's great. And uh, him and David uh, at Rainier, it, you definitely want to check out this service, but their story is incredible too. And that's what we, we love to highlight. Yep. Yeah. So we've got some good stories today. Um, good tools for you to use if you're thinking about getting ready to sell or buy. Um, and as always, if you have any questions for Andy or I or suggestions for the show, please feel free to reach out to us at the dealboardpodcast.com. But otherwise, we're excited for a great show we have lined up today. Let's get to it. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we have a special guest, Devin Miller of IP Law. And Devin has a great story. Uh, we love having entrepreneurs uh, talk, but and Devin helps a lot of entrepreneurs too. So he kind of he he kind of has two stories for us today. But uh, we'll we'll start with his story. So Devin, welcome to the Deal Board, and uh, give us a little background. How'd you get into this? You seem like a young guy. So how'd you get into this? And and how'd you get started? And yeah, and young always seems to be a relative term. You know, the older you get, the younger you, you know, people, younger it seems that they are. So I'm 36. So if that's young, that's older, that, whatever that puts me at, but we'll go, I'll go with young. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. So how did I get into, I, you know, it's always the simplest questions that get the longest answers. So I'll try and keep it reasonably short. So IP has kind of been, I'll go back to undergraduate, which is when I was doing, I did a dual degree, electrical engineering and Chinese. And so I was kind of getting towards the end of doing my engineering degree. And I was kind of saying, you know, I like, I like doing engineering, but I don't want to be an engineer in the sense that, you know, I don't want to be stuck on a project for months or years and be a small cog and a big wheel and never really feeling like I can have a big impact on it. And so I said, you know, what else can I kind of do with engineering besides just be an engineer? And so at the time kind of thinking through, and I kind of had two competing interests. One, I love startups and small businesses. And I was thinking about doing an MBA to build onto it. The other one is I also had an uncle that was a, a patent attorney as 
well. And so I can, you know, he does, he had an uh, engineering background. So I kind of asked what, you know, what do you do or what is, what is it that, you know, you've done. And so I had that conversation and basically I got to the end of that and I said, well, I'll just do both. So I went off and I did a law degree as well as an MBA degree at the same time. And so I kind of came out and was deciding what I wanted to do. And again, I was kind of saying, well, I, I, during MBA school, I'd done a startup. I'd actually had a startup up and going, had some investors and, and was launching a startup. And I also want to do the legal career. So again, I kind of did the full-time legal career on the, for 40 or 50 hours a week, didn't start up on the side for 40 or 50 hours a week, worked a ton of hours and continued to do that for a long period of time. That got me into really one loving, you know, loving intellectual property, loving patents and trademarks Two, loving startups and small businesses. Now, fast forward after working for some large law firms and a lot of, um, you know, working for some name recognized and Amazon and Intel and others decided I'm going to start my own practice law practice, which is Miller IP law, where we focus on just doing, you know, I don't know, just, we do have a few larger clients, but primarily doing startups and small businesses from the sense that those are the funnest clients. Those are the ones that you get to, you know, have the impact. They are excited. You know, is there kind of that one shot? It's their baby. And you're really not just, again, a small cog in a big company's will of or patents, but you're saying, Hey, we're going from the ground up. Let's see how we can help you build and protect this. So don't know that that was a long answer to a short question, but that gives you a little bit of a background. No, that's great. That's great. So, so tell us what you do for your clients, you know, tell us what, you know, how business is going and what do you, you know, what are you seeing out there, but tell us what you do first. Yeah. So on the, I'll answer the, the one of the questions first, which is how is business going And you know, in a weird way, it's going better than it was when COVID and lockdown started. And part of that was we were really positioned well, Back in when I started Miller IP Law, I said, I don't want to just be a local law firm. I don't just want to service a local clientele. Startups and small businesses are across the US and where patents and trademarks are federal law, we can do it in all 50 states. We don't have to just be barred in one state. So I said, well before the pandemic, I said, let's let's set it up that we can work with anybody across the US. And so now as you go into COVID and lockdowns and pandemics and everything else, looking at it and saying, well, we are, people are less likely to go into law firms. They're less likely to want to go downtown or to the high rise or anything else. And so they're, they're expanding their scope of where they're looking for services to just be on who's the, you know, the local person. And that's been a, a, you know, blessing for us in the sense that we've actually been able to expand who we help and who we service. And then you asked a little bit more in general, what do we do for startups and small businesses, which is, you know, we really, we focus a lot of what we do is on the patents and, and trademarks, which is, delineating patents are for invention, something that does something that has utility, a functionality in trademarks or for brands, you know, so you have a brand you want to protect, whether it's the name of a company, name of a product, logo, catch phrase, those type of things. So we do a lot of that. We also do um, business formations, which is kind of helping you to get your business set up. So you're protecting your personal assets before you start selling stuff, as well as we do some NDAs and um, what are called CIAs to make sure that you protect yourself as you have employees and you expose it out. So it's really kind of what it helped, whatever it helps to get a startup and a small businesses protected. And as they grow, make sure that they grow right. That's what we here to, we're here to do. Right. And as you said, it's so important for businesses. We've talked about IP and trademark. And it, it seems I, I loved what you said that setting them up right, because we talk about businesses and even here at Transworld, we wind up selling a lot of existing businesses. And you would be shocked that when people go to sell, that they don't have their IP set up correctly or, or never protected it. 
So it's always, it's never a bad time to call Devin and to make sure that you got it straight. Yeah. And I'll do myself little, little plug, which is if you ever want to call me easiest ways, if you just go to free strategy meeting.com, we just do that. That connects right to my calendar. You can grab a day and time, do a free consultation, talk strategy, answer your question. So just if anybody ever wants to connect that, say connect up now, but to your point, you know, I, it's shocking to me and we get, I see it on the side of people to your point going to sell their business and they're saying, well, we're getting ready to sell the business. When we started to talk with them, they asked what we ha- how we protect our business and what we had proprietary and we didn't really know. So then they call us and you're like, you kind of now playing catch up, right? And that's always the worst thing when you're trying to sell your business and it shows right before you sell it, you have a whole bunch of trademarks or patent filings and it shows that you really didn't have that covered and you're kind of now trying to catch up as opposed to if you have a strategy and a plan and you've been doing along the way it shows a much better organized and consistent and well-run business and you said you've done several things so what other businesses have you started or kind of gotten away from or i've been in several businesses before and you finally find you know the horse that you love the rides (laughs) give me a little bit of background about some of the other things that you've seen or have gotten involved in yeah, maybe mine's more like a, a bunch of horses pulling a wagon because I never loved, I never want to leave a business behind. Now I have a whole bunch of business ideas I never started, but most of them. So one of the other businesses is I started, um, it was actually when I was doing my JD MBA or law degree and MBA degree. And, you know, I, I look back at the time and I don't know how I ever had time to do it because at the same time I was doing 20 hours a week as a, as a law clerk at a law firm. I was doing my law degree and MBA degree at the same time, just or had a two-year-old and just had a newborn. And then I decided, well, I'm not busy enough. So I, so I saw a flyer and it was for, hey, enter a business competition you know and it was kind of one of those where everybody shows up nobody has any partners you all kind of get together and says who wants to form a group that was me I froze my hand who wants to form a group who didn't have it so four of us got together and we entered a business competition first year we entered a you know uh, what is, wasn't the be- world's best idea, but it was for reducing the smell of gym bags. And it was okay, but it, it took second place. We got to the end and said, well, you know, this theoretical, but how do we ever do this? And didn't quite work out. Come around the next year, we were all juniors at that time and coming to seniors, we said, hey, what do we want to do? And so we came up with some crazy ideas. One was a self-packing box that, again, never, never would have really worked, but it sounded really cool. And so it was at the time we were doing the brainstorming, couldn't come up with things. So I remember walking home, and I'd just been doing my first marathon at the time, and I didn't hydrate very well. Got, it was really painful towards the end. And so I'm saying, wouldn't it be cool if you could do a hydration monitor? And this was the days before Apple Watch or Fitbit or anything. It says, you know, it's almost a watch that can monitor your hydration level. And I said, well, you know, I wonder if you could do that. So anyway came back pitches the team got my dad involved that had done a lot of medical devices short story entered that in the business competition at the end of the competition we again took second place and that's a bittersweet thing uh, uh, you know I, I think we should have taken first but it wasn't up to me so we and I got to the end and we were all going in different ways and so we were going to some of us everybody's graduating we were all going to different states and I said this isn't going to work to run the business where everybody's at different places so with that I um bought all the business partners out, got investors and did that. So now I'm graduated law doing my full-time law or law job and also running this business on the side, which is really just two or two businesses. So that's my first and probably my baby as far as, Hey, this is really what I wanted to, 
what I started since then, um, obviously started Miller IP law. I started a religious products uh, business, which is kind of just a fun family business that I run with my kids. It's really uh, enjoyable, not a huge moneymaker, but I love it. Um, done one that's for software as a service, which is more again for the legal industry, but servicing a need that's not there. So doing that, got a couple others that are in the pipeline that will hit next year sometime. So just, I just love doing startups and small businesses and, uh, I'm sure at some point I'll I'll hit the end of the my rope and won't be able to keep going with all the businesses and have to pick my pony. But for now, I'm a, a lot of balls to juggle and loving every minute of it. That's awesome. I mean, I love talking to entrepreneurs because if you want to ask someone to do something, ask a busy person, right? You always know how to get things done. You always know how to juggle a lot of balls. You always know how to try to figure out how to best get things done. I'm going to have you back because uh, I have way more questions for you about the IP world. Uh, we'll have you back soon. But if you were going to give people a bit of advice about uh, starting a business or buying a business, what's kind of the lesson of the day for coming from you that you would love to leave as a parting word? Yeah, for me, whether it's starting and or, you know, selling, because really how you start sets you up for selling, right? You should really be either when you start your business and I'll get to the answer to your question, but you should be contemplating, Hey, is this a business I want to be in for 20 years or 30 years with the rest of my career? Or, Hey, am I really setting this up for a five-year exit? And I'm just going to drive the value in and then I'd like to retire or do go do something else because that kind of positions your business different. But really in either case, you should be, I think the best thing is when you're starting it is to have a plan for how you're going to protect it and grow it, at least from the intellectual property side, in the sense that even if, you know, businesses have more money to, more things you spend money on than money to spend. So you never have enough money to spend, or you never have enough money in the bank for everything that needs to be spent it on. So sometimes you're saying, hey, we can't do all of the intellectual property. I can't afford all the patents or the trademarks and we'd love to do it, we just don't have the money. But at least if you have a plan saying, okay, this is our milestones, six months in, this is our core product, we'll get a patent on it. Or, hey, this is our core brand, we'll get a, a trademark on it. We can't afford it today, but as we start to grow, we'll, six months in, we'll do that. And then in a year time frame, we'll do this. And if you can at least have that plan, I think that that avoids a lot of the, when you go to buy or sell it, or when you go to do something different, that you're not trying to play catch up, or you're not showing that you're behind the eight ball. And, you know, half the time, not no half time, but a good amount of time, you'll have people that you know come in and say hey i went to a, an investor i went to a venture capitalist or somebody that went to acquire us and they asked us about our intellectual property and i didn't really know how to answer and first of all that's never a good answer and half the time the uh, you know the investor or the person's can buy it says well they don't know what they're doing next kind of a thing right. but even then you're trying to say, how do we catch up? And, and then you have the uncomfortable conversation of sometimes you can't catch up or it's a lot more expensive or difficult. So with all that said, you know, have a plan, strategize as to how you're going to go about it. Even if you can't afford it all today, figure out what, where that fits in with the rest of everything. Awesome. I mean, a great story. And we will have you back, Devin, because I have a lot more questions for our listeners about IP. So with that, Devin, what's the best way to get in touch with you? You said it a little bit, but if you want to give it again so people understand, then we'll put it in our show notes. 
So I'll give you, you only ask for one. I'll give you three. The one that I mentioned earlier was freestrategymeeting.com. And it just like it sounds, it's a free strategy meeting. Sit down with us. We answer questions. We, you know, go through what you're doing, strategize with you and, and, and do it. And the reason we did that is really we found that, hey, people are so afraid to come into attorney views because they think the dollar signs are going to start showing and they're going to get billed as soon as they walk through the door. So I said, at least let's uh, have a, a strategy session where it doesn't cost you anything. You can get a strategy, figure out what works for you, and we'll give you that answer. So freestrategymeeting.com. If you want to find out just more generally about the law firm, you can go to lawwithmiller.com, and that one's just it goes to the website, find out our prices, find out more about us. If you want to connect up with me personally, chat, shoot the breeze, make a new friend, or anything else, just go to uh, meetdevin.com. So those are the three ones that are easy to connect up with. Excellent, Devin. Thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Hey, been a pleasure. It's been fun. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Welcome back to the deal board, everybody. And for our deal of the week this week, I am joined by Dion Hartz-Borsoff. She is the president and co-owner of our Transworld Business Advisors office in Utah County. Dion, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining us again. I really appreciate you guys having me. So you recently just closed on a restaurant deal, which I know everybody will be interested in, and especially in the type of environment that we're in today. But why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about the business? So it is a hamburger franchise that successfully pivoted during COVID to takeout delivery. Um, they were able to maintain that aspect of the business. Some of their lunch business went down. And the other advantage that they have is that they are open on Sundays. So that provided them in Utah. That's a big advantage sometimes. Yeah. 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 I can imagine. Well, so it sounds like they were very well positioned, even in, in the economic downturn. Who was the buyer and, and why were they interested in the business? So the buyer is someone who relocate, who was relocating to Utah when he made the offer on the business on March 20th. He was living um, in the South and was relocating to Utah for family reasons and had a background in fast food management and human resources and wanted to own his own business with a couple of partners. Wow. Well, it sounds like a, a perfect fit with some management background and experience, really knowing how to run the company. How did the deal come together? What was the structure? Was there any financing used, anything like that? <laughs> So there was a little bit of everything in this deal. So we had some cash. Um, the owner was a little tight on cash. So he was able to get some, as we call them, friends and family to come to the table and help him out. Um, even with that, he, we worked on getting an SBA loan. And there was there's also a seller note component to the transaction. But the SBA loan was the part that was the longest, as you can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It's been much longer, but using a little bit of everything in the kitchen sink, right? So really yes. making those deals together, which is typical in, in these um, small to mid-sized business sales. So we see a lot of that. So let's talk numbers. So what was the SDE on the business and what did it uh, finally sell for? So the business, the SDE was right around $100,000 a year. Um, and the business sold for full listing price. We listed at $299 and it sold for $299. That was the easy part. Getting the mm -hmm. seller and the buyer to the table was the easy part. It was everything else that slowed us up. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great deal. It's also a, a good example of franchises, especially in good franchise systems, do sell for higher multiples than a typical business. So like we've said on the show a lot, two times earning is is the average that we sell businesses for, but here you got like a 2.9 times earnings. So that's a yes. really good deal for the seller and for the buyer walking into a profitable business um, that he can run. And it has a full-time manager in place. So that's yep. that was something that was very appealing to the buyer because he has another job right now. And so he'll be able to segue into the business over time while still having outside income to satisfy the bank. Wow. Well, it sounds like a great deal for all involved, the buyer, the seller, you, Dion, congratulations. And thank you so much on joining us on the show and sharing the story. Great. Thanks for having me, Jessica. I appreciate it. And we'll drop your uh, contact information also into the show notes in case anyone is looking for business in Utah County. But why don't you just go ahead and give the listeners how best to contact you if they want to buy or sell a business in Utah. So the best way to contact me is you can call me on my cell phone, 801-694-4844. Or you can email our office at utahcountyattworld.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again. And we hope to have you back on soon. You bet. Thanks a lot. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we are with Raymond Skog from Rainier Business Intelligence. And welcome, Ray. We love having uh, our partners on the show. And uh, and, uh, Rainier is one of our great partners at Transworld. But we wanted to talk to you today about your story about Rainier. So give us a little bit of background and again, welcome. Hey, thanks very much, Andy. I appreciate that. It's a, it's a great uh, opportunity and privilege to be partners with the, the trans world network. Um, I think I owe it all to Rich Heaton uh, in South Carolina, a good friend of mine developed over the years and, and partner there. And uh, it's a, I think like you said, it's a, it's a good place for a good people do good deals. And I found that to be true. Good. So tell us a little bit about you. I mean, how'd you get involved in, in Rainier and, you know, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So, you know, um, we are the storytellers of the great American small business. And um, we've kind of developed that place by um, moving from the end of the buy sell transaction and wanted to get closer up to the, the top of the action or the tip of the action. I came from a, a, a lending background of small business, uh, you know, financing and, um, and thought, you know, there is a better way to bring information and, and help with financing rather than doing it the last minute. So we invert the curve. We provide high quality information at the early stage and that makes a great partnership with the business broker, who is really the the tip of the spear, the head of the the head of the project, who's uh, out there hunting and gathering projects and putting sellers and buyers together. And so our information helps business brokers do their job really well. And as a result, um, we get to provide information or do things that we like to do, which is financial analysis, and we do it at an early stage where we give people um, insight so that they have the power to decide and act when they need to decide and act. So it's just, uh, that's kind of our marketing approach that said, you know, we'd rather be at the beginning of the project than the end of the project. And um, it's so 
our how we got there kind of came from experience and education. Uh, when I was a, a younger man, we we uh, oper- I, I operated some of our family businesses, and and uh, you know the myth of the the e myth is very true that you're so busy working in your business that you don't have time to work on your business. Later in life, I went back to get my MBA and. And I was making a transition at the time, but just a, a personal transition for me, Andy, from a, a nonprofit role back into the back into the industry. And I went back and got my MBA, and I fell in love with managerial finance. Uh, a gentleman named Roger Bussey from um, Pacific Continental Bank out in uh, Washington, where I, where I was from, and and uh, where I was at the time. And um, and that. Education combined with my experience gave me the ropes to, if you will, take my life to the next level. Mm. And um, and so, you know, we are a come alongside uh, kind of team where we provide the financial insight to people who maybe are just too busy to be able to share the the um, the financial performance narrative, a seller or maybe a buyer who hasn't done it before. So we gather information and make it very useful and helpful uh, so that people can have the power to decide and act when they need to decide and act. That's our story. That's a, it's a great story. How long you've been, how long have you been in business? Oh boy. You know, Andy, we've been, uh, we've been doing this at Rainier almost four years. Mm. And I, you know, I'd say we, you know, we've we've been doing it four years, but it's really the culmination of probably, you know, 20 years where, you know, I'm building stuff that I, you know, that we developed and learned in the, you know, in the mid 2000, 2000, you know, five, six and seven. And then you're just, you know, putting this stuff together that you grew up as a a kid in a paint and glass shop working for auto and agnostog and, you know, learning the the importance of cash flow. And uh, so, our uh, marinara sauce has been simmering for a long time, my friend. And, uh, you know, it's a, I feel like it's a good family recipe. Yeah, it, it sounds like it. And I'll tell you, uh, right, it's a breath of fresh air, right? We always tell sellers uh, that, you know, their value is really locked up in their processes and their financials. I, you know, I have a speech, the top 12 ways to make your business more valuable. And three of them yeah. are getting your financial house in order, you know, just, just having good books and records. So you are, you know, right on when it comes to people, you know, are working on their business. Of course, I love the E-Myth, recommend it all the time. Uh, working on their business, it uh, working in their business instead of working on their business. And if you're going to go to sell, that is the time absolutely to try to capture all that. And if you have a little bit of time, which as you know, very few people do, they, you know, the people call you and expect you to sell it tomorrow. Um, and they wait right. to the last minute to do all these things. But if they just spent a little time and money uh, and captured all this, uh, they would get it back of, you know, it, uh, as a multiple. of. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, having good financial information or being able to share the financial performance story, which is a world of difference between giving somebody a pile of tax returns and financial statements, um, sharing the financial narrative in a way that people can understand is worth a lot of money. I mean, that adds, oh, you know, I mean, that's worth $50,000. It's a hundred, it's a hundred thousand dollars. When you, when you minimize risk 
of cash flow, certainty increases and value increases. And getting that narrative out is so important because when all of the due diligence is done or when the primary due diligence is done is at the end of the, of the buy-sell cycle, oh, you know, then underwriters have four hours to make the decisions and uh, you can't make assumptions or you can't ask clarifying questions or just the opportunity to get information at the last minute is so time consuming and it costs everybody a lot of money. Yeah, And uh, so if you are helping your sellers get that early on, you know, more power to you, Andy. Well, I think, you know, listen, I, I think this is such an important topic again, because a lot of things, first of all, most businesses, the majority of businesses don't get third party financing. And the number one reason for that is their books and records. And they can't tell the story to the bank. They forget about telling the story to the buyer. They can't tell the story to a bank and they can't get third party finance. Right. If you don't get third party financing, that means you're the bank. And that puts right. a huge dent in what they're going to walk away from the closing table with. I've gone over this Absolutely. over and over again. So, yeah. so just like you said, giving the underwriters the ability to see the full picture could be hundreds of thousands of dollars at the closing table. Yes. And then uh, think of this too, that a bank will make a decision and they'll say, yes, we'll loan you money. No, we won't loan you money. And they'll say, yes, the business is worth more than you paid for it. That's all good. And so that's pretty much the extent of their of the due diligence that they'll provide to a, a buyer, which is valuable. I mean, gosh, you just got a, a $900,000 loan because of what the bank did. That's so important. But the bank won't help you understand cash flow. Or if they will, they'll look at it on the historical basis, maybe with, with some assumption. But frequently, that lender due diligence will give an owner enough capital to buy the business but not enough capital to operate the business. And so now in the fifth and sixth month, when a buyer is there, the buyer is not worried about how much did he pay for the business or how much debt does she have. She's worried about, do I have enough cash to make payroll on Friday? Mm. Or I have a bunch of sales, but where is my cash? So our cash forecast dynamic modeling, which is done on a weekly basis for the forecast period, it's dynamic. It fills in all of the blanks of, how, you know, what did you pay? How much did you borrow? What are your fixed and variable expenses? What are your inflows and outflows? And it lets that buyer have a tremendous amount of peace in mind that not only do you need $900,000 to buy the business, but you need $72,000 of working capital up front so that you'll have a minimum cash balance at that 15th week or in that five month. And those are obviously hypothetical numbers. But the insight is so tremendous to a buyer for peace of mind that um, now they are engaging and making a decision confidently. And it's not taking in 30 days of silence, which, you know, you get into the selling and buying cycle and the buyer has gone quiet because the buyer's trying to figure out things and they've never done it before. Maybe they've bought a business before, but most people haven't. And so a buyer is trying to figure this out and all of a sudden nobody's hearing from them. Well, they're trying to translate, you know, theoretical numbers into, you know, how much money am I going to have at the end of the day? And our model gives that to them all up front that is dynamic and can accommodate many different changes. So yeah, that's, yeah. Um, that's powerful. Well, I think that adds a huge amount of value because, you know, one of the things I always say is that business 
purchases, business investment in small businesses is still very undervalued. And the reason it's undervalued is because there's an inherent risk or at least a perceived risk by the buyer community mm -hmm. of buying a small business. And anything that a seller can do to minimize that risk or show the buyer that they have a minimized risk will increase the price in a business. So your service, again, can have its payback over. But even globally, even beyond that, which you just explained perfectly, the other dirty little secret in this whole process of selling business, and we've said it here on the deal board several times, is most businesses that list don't sell. And again, the reason for that is that they're not prepared to sell or they have horrible books and records or they've been running the business poorly, you know, or they can't communicate to the buyer why this is a good deal. All those things, right. if they got involved with you, say, a couple of years before they wanted to sell, would increase those chances vastly of selling. Yeah. Of even yeah. The, uh, we of, think. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Of, of even selling. You know, <laughs> Just, yeah. Uh, you know, Andy, sometimes I think uh, selling and buying a business is like, uh, you know, selling a box of chocolate. And most people, you know, you go into the store to buy chocolate and the, and the, the server puts a pile of chocolate on the scale and you tell them that you want five pounds. And then they start, you know, taking away and, you know, you end up with five pounds and you go, gosh, that's what I have left over. And uh, we think that a better approach is to say, you know, treat it like a, like a proprietary parcel and, and you put information and then you disclose more and then you disclose more and you disclose more. And our information is all available at the beginning and controllable by the business broker to convey that information with secure links and feedback, um, use analytics, the, how many times people are looking at things. And so now a, a buyer goes through that process and goes, oh, I get it. And we use a model that uh, Chris Voss uh, developed, uh, a former FBI hostage negotiator called yeah. Predictive Disclosure. Another great we book. Have this Another great book yeah. that I, I, I recommend to everyone, but go ahead. Yeah. So there's all this information that is available that a seller can provide. And then the broker is in, in control to say, now, as a buyer moves through the, the good faith, bona fide, non-disclosure buying cycle, the broker can convey this information. And uh, starting off with, I, I think one of the products that we provide is our dashboard, where we can take information and turn it into insight in two minutes and 25 seconds. It's a, it's a wonderful, brief little video, which, by the way, you know, our information really avoids the too long, didn't read, you know, a, a right. 90 page Excel document that glazes over everybody. And it manages or it avoids what Professor Fotopoulos identifies as the fear of numbers which many small business owners have, you know, I don't want, I don't, I don't know how to read the financial statement. Just tell me, do I have more cash than I owe than Do I have more cash to make my payables and so on? Or that's what the accountant is for. So the, the reports that we put out are available in PDF, uh, video, uh, web pages. Uh, all of this is in, uh, available that uh, again, can be done in short one, three minute reads that uh, really give, a seller the opportunity to share the financial story and a buyer to digest it uh, and make meaningful decisions. Wow. This is all great. And, you know, this is why we partner with you. And if people are listening now and want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? 
sure. Um, you know, um, it, it's great to talk live with people. You know, our phone number. Um, and I, I guess I'll give that now, 614-270-0609. And, of course, our email, uh, first initial, last name at, at RainierBI.com. That's great. All great stuff, Ray. Thank you so much for, for coming on today. We could talk all day, and we'll have you on again, I'm sure, when we go over some other subjects. But this was a perfect primer. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, we'll have to have it uh, with a pasta dinner yes. next time. Yes, when we're all together again. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And it is Listing of the Week. And we have Chip Redman from Trans World Business Advisors of Central Florida. And, you know, people always ask us for businesses that are scalable, that they're online, uh, that they're relocatable. And here we go. We got one. So, Chip, welcome. And why don't you give us a little background to what you got? Thanks, Andy. I appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, so I have an e-commerce business that's basically focused in the automotive uh, aftermarket, but for performance and racing parts. Uh, these guys kind of focus on Mazda and Ford products. And, uh, you know, this is one of those deals where you can run it out of your garage uh, with high profit margins. Right, right. Well, you know, people love businesses like this. And, you know, certainly a lot of people out of work, certainly a lot of people uh, graduating from college looking for a business to start. This is a nice one. So once you get, well, how much are they asking? You know, how much money is it making now? Uh, they are currently asking uh, 290000 they had a uh, seller's discretionary earnings of, of only 30000 but there's 225000 in inventory. Uh, the beauty part is, is this we're talking, you know, 70% margin on these products. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Right. And it's it's been growing, right? Yeah. Year after year. Uh, you know, they started in 2008. It was kind of a little startup. This guy has a passion for racing and cars and, you know, these tuner guys just, really get into it. He started even designing and developing his own components. Pretty awesome. Right. So this could be a good little add on for someone else who has an automotive type business. Uh, so Chris, what's the best way to get in touch with you if somebody wants to learn more? My email is Chris Redmond at tworld.com. And you can always call me on my cell phone at 321-299-6867. And I'm happy to be able to help you. There you go. Relocatable business. Get it while it's hot. Thanks, Chip. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Andy. You guys have a great day. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com. You might not realize it, but life has a soundtrack. For most of us, it sounds a bit like... But you can always change the station. In hundreds of Delta Airlines destinations, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing.
Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.